0: Welcome to Syracuse Speaks, the view from the AHL, a Syracuse Crunch centric podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ackerman. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the fifth season of Syracuse Speaks. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure where I came up with that number. From my count, this is only the fourth season, but I generally have been starting new seasons at free agency time. So, Maybe I counted that little bit of an introductory time when I first started this podcast as the first season and now we are into the fifth season. I don't know, but whatever. According to my records, this is now season five. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being here with me. So let's go ahead and, as I say in the intro, get started. It's been an interesting couple of weeks since the last time we sat down with one another. Some things have happened. The NHL draft has occurred. There was a pretty big re-signing for Syracuse not that long ago that I'm going to go over. And today, as as of right now, me sitting down with you on July 13th, 2022, was the first day of NHL free agency for the upcoming season. The Lightning did a lot of work for themselves today, which in the end does benefit the crunch somewhat because the more players the Lightning has locked down, the less that they need to promote from Syracuse to fill out their ranks. So, I mean, hey, that's great. However, it was an uncharacteristically quiet day on the AHL side of things for the organization. My overall impressions is that this is not necessarily unexpected and that this is not necessarily a bad thing, but there might be cause for some slight concern. I'm not going to say alarm. I'm not going to say... Oh, my God, panic. (laughs) But there's some concern that is simmering underneath the surface in the fan base that I do think I just want to talk about briefly as we get into this. So the biggest news, I think, of the past couple of weeks is that the Lightning went ahead and before free agency even begun, grabbed Syracuse their number one goalie. It is a very familiar face to Crunch fans because, in fact, Crunch fans stared at that face all last season. I would like to wish a very hearty Syracuse Speaks welcome back to goalie Max Legacy. He has returned to the organization for a second year. The Lightning apparently decided to overlook the injury struggles that Legacy had last season and are clearly banking on him repeating his heroics at the end of this past season as Syracuse looks to maybe have a more stable 2022-23 season than they did in 21-22. Of course, all of us are hoping that the pandemic from hell has abated and that we will no longer have to worry about it. We are all hoping for a healthy season for everybody without those pauses that that pandemic caused. Legacy did the work for Syracuse at the end of last season. There is absolutely no denying that. He was named AHL Goaltender of the Month in April for a reason. He went 9-1-1 during the 11 starts that he had in April, allowing only 17 goals on 296 shots. (laughs) That is insane. He had a 1.56 goals against average and a 9.43 saves percentage during that month in April for Syracuse. His injury was a little bit of why Syracuse struggled in the playoffs, in my opinion, when he went down. I don't remember which game it was, and to be honest with you, I have so many tabs open now that I don't even want to look it up. I think, was it game three? Because then... Hugo Alnafelt started Game 4, and then Coach Ben-Grew was all, oh, hey, I'm going to be cagey and tell you that he's not starting Game 5. But then look, surprise, he started Game 5. I think that's how it went. You know, Alnafelt did great in that game when he had to play, but it's hard when your goalie gets hurt. It affects team confidence, and you have to wonder what demons he was fighting and what pain he was fighting during that Game 5 versus Laval at the end of the playoffs when Syracuse's season abruptly came to an end. So you know, he was great when the crunch needed him to be during that final push to the playoffs at the end of the season. He was 17, 2 and two in the 21 games he played at the end of the season. Overall, he was 23, 9 and two. He ended the season, ranked six in the league. It, he had a, he had a great season when he was healthy. And I think that that's something to keep in mind. I think his attitude is in the right place. I think that he is a good number three for the organization. And it's wonderful to welcome him back. Going into free agency these past couple of summers, it's always been a big question mark as to what the goaltending tandem is going to be with the Crunch. This season, that got solved before free agency even happened. Syracuse pretty much has Legacy and Alnafelt locked in for next season. The only thing that might affect that is something I'm going to talk about in a brief second. But overall, it's great to have Legacy back. It's nice to have a consistent veteran presence and net for the first time in multiple seasons in a row in a long time. The Lightning hasn't really been doing that. They've been pretty much playing some merry-go-round seats with that specific spot over the last couple of summers. So, It's great to have that done. It's nice to have Legacy back, and hopefully he stays healthy this season so Crunch fans can really see what he's capable of over the entire AHL schedule. So that's my hope there. The other thing that happened over the past couple of weeks that is definitely worth talking about is the NHL draft. Now, the NHL draft is always a little bit of a weird thing for AHL fans because the entire hockey world zooms in on this. Even the American Hockey League does a lot of positive promotion around previous AHL players that were drafted. They had a really amazing goober-esque picture of Syracuse captain Gabriel Dumont on his draft day, I think in 2009, as someone who is also an elder statesman for the millennials, I am. it's nice to have some older people on the team. You know, the draft year of, of 2009, I can deal with. Draft year of 2022, oh my God, not so much. So, you know, the entire hockey world zooms in on this one event. For AHL fans, it's weird because... Yeah, we're interested in what our NHL affiliates do at the draft, but very seldom do those dividends that they create at the draft pay off at the AHL level immediately, if at all. A lot of the times your first-round picks might never make it to the AHL. They might skip that and go directly to the NHL, or they might spend a month or two with the organization's AHL affiliate a la like, Nikita Kucherov and then clearly be ready to go. AHL fans never want to hold these players back. I want to be clear on that. That's not what we want as fans. That's not what we want as people who love our team. But paying attention to the draft is tough because it's always a crapshoot as to whether these guys show up in the American Hockey League. The Lightning made some interesting choices in their draft this past week, and I'd like to just speak to that specifically regarding two players that they drafted. One of those players is Lucas Edmonds, who is currently playing in the Lightning's prospect tournament. He is an overager. He actually had an opportunity to be drafted, I think, the past two summers before he was finally taken by the Lightning this past summer. Uh, In round three, he was drafted 86th overall. And he is an overager. He's actually 21 already. So Edmonds is someone who can go ahead and jump right into the professional leagues should the Lightning sign him and wish for that to happen. My assumption is that that is the plan. Um, Edmonds has been... He was with the OHL last season. He had 113 points, 34 goals, 79 assists. These OHL totals always make me kind of laugh because they seem slightly inflated from your usual hockey seasonal totals. And it does speak to the skill. But you figure also you had a 20-year-old at the time playing against a bunch of 17- and 18-year-olds. So like, hey, you know, he should have had a lot of points. However, from what I've seen from him as I've looked at various scouting summaries, he has potential. And I think the assumption from both what Edmonds has said himself and also from what I've seen from the organization is that they're expecting to sign him and then send him to Syracuse and see what happens. It could be that he battles really hard and gets a spot right off the bat. It could be that he spends some time in the ECHL with the Orlando Solar Bears. I doubt that he'll make the lightning right away. So he's a guy that Crunch fans definitely are going to be keeping an eye on. And I actually did a poll over on my Field Pass Hockey account. I did a couple polls over the past week just because I was really interested in what my followers had to say about this whole thing. And I find that polls are a great great way, much like when I'm teaching and I need to get like a quick feel of where the class is with things. I think that these polls have been a really fun way to get the, the temperature of the fan base and really see what you all are thinking and really see where your thoughts are. So I did a poll on the draft that the lightning did and many of of those of you who voted in it thirty three point three percent were very excited to see Edmonds join the organization. more people forty five point eight were more excited for the lightning's top pick Isaac Howard but Isaac Howard is eighteen and won't be seen in Syracuse for at least two more years, if not more than that. He's your normal draftee. So, you know, whatever. But 33.3% were pretty excited to see Edmonds join the organization, especially as an overager who might be able to make a splash with the crunch sooner rather than later. The other person that that some of you were excited about, 16.7%, is Nick Malik. He is another overager, and full disclosure, I have no idea if I said that last name correctly. There's an accent mark on the I. I don't have any. I, you know me, my friends. I try my best. But anyways, he's another overager. He is 20 years old, so he is eligible to start his first professional season in North America. And he could very well end up being, should the NHL sign him, the organization's fifth goalie. As of right now, the organization does not have a number 5 in the system. Amir Mishnikov was not qualified by the Lightning, and he has since signed overseas. And that other random dude who I can no longer find because he's not on the Lightning's Cap Friendly page anymore, I don't remember who it was, but they traded for him at the end of the season. And again, I could Google it, but to be honest with you, I, I just don't care Uh, He is no longer in the organization either. So right now, the the organization does not have a number five, which is, you know, probably going to change one way or another because if something happens along the chain, it's disconcerting to not have that backup in the organization already. Then it becomes trying to find a replacement. And if you can't, then an e-bug has to be called in. And as much fun as it is to see e-bugs play in professional games, We all would prefer that that not happen, I'm pretty sure. So it is very possible that Malik, Malik, Nick, whomever, actually ends up becoming the fifth in the organization. And who knows, maybe if he's good enough, getting some time in with the crunch if Hugo Elnefeld ends up not being able to cut it as a backup. So it's going to be interesting to trace the journeys of those two players specifically over the next season as they look to start their professional careers. And I think that it's kind of fun to finally have something to talk about in relation to the draft, because as I said, usually we don't. to the main attraction of today, July 13th, which was the start of NHL free agency. I just took a second to run through my Twitter feed to make sure that I hadn't missed anything as I was recording the previous segment. And unfortunately, from a crunch perspective, it doesn't look like I missed anything. So first, those we lost today. Freddie Clayson has gone overseas to play in Russia It's unfortunate that Syracuse lost him, especially because the defense is looking a little thin. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes for Syracuse. I think that I speak for many in the fan base when I say that the defense is a little bit of a concern. There's pretty much one, maybe two pieces of of depth for the, the Lightning if if that, and then everyone else is like seven years old. So, unfortunately, that was a loss for Syracuse. Anthony Richard, who was an unrestricted free agent, just signed with the Montreal organization. Best of luck to him. He was a joy to watch resuscitate his own career this past season with Syracuse. He definitely helped Syracuse out, and I'm so pleased that he was able to flip his achievements in Syracuse after he was traded there, I think what mid season from Milwaukee and their organization. Um, I'm thrilled that he was able to do that. Now it hurts to lose him for sure. On the lightning side of things, Jan Rutta hit the market. Andre Pilat was also let go by the lightning, which, you know, Palat goes back to the Syracuse 2012 2013 team so that hurts to lose him there's a lot of memories there I know that was really hard for the organization to let him go so best of luck to both of them Rutta was another player who turned everything around in Syracuse and was able to turn that into an extended stay with the Lightning so it's good for them that they were able to do what they were able to do and best of luck to both of them and thanks for all of the memories here in Syracuse. Given the cap space that that cleared up for the Lightning, they were able to sign Ian Cole to the Lightning for some defensive depth. They also re signed Anthony Sorelli, Eric Chernak, and Mikhail Servachev. So that's great for them. Perfect. And, you know, not only that, but my excitement of the day was the news that Vladislav Nemesnikov was Nemesnikov. I used to know how to say this name, but I haven't had to say it in so long that my brain has gone. Bye bye. He has returned to the organization. Vladdy is back. Vladdy was someone who I interacted with quite a bit when he was with Syracuse early in his career I remember very specifically, and I posted this up on my personal Twitter, for those of you who follow me over there at Allovimo, uh, I interacted with him at a Christmas party one year, and I can remember he was just so humble, and even though he had just, I believe, had just been demoted back to Syracuse right before the party, he didn't care. He made the best of wherever he was, and I'm sure he has continued to do that in the other teams that shall not be named that he was playing with before now. So he was always a really good soul that I appreciated having in the organization. It is great to have him back. I'm very excited to see him sign with the Lightning. We'll never see him in Syracuse unless something goes really, really wrong and he needs to do, like, an injury rehab or something. But it's great. So I'm very excited for this. I think it's great for the Lightning. And, yeah. So that's great. Syracuse. <laughs> the Lightning is pretty much shored up at this point, and good for them. Ah, uh, Syracuse. Syracuse is a. It, um, so the Lightning signed one player for the Crunch today, Felix Robert. I'm assuming his last name is said Robert. It might be Robert, possibly. I, it. You Again, that, there's so many... It's not fair. <laughs> it's just not fair. But anyways, he had been signed to a two-year entry-level contract, which surprised me just because he had been playing with Wilkes-Barre Scranton before now. So it did surprise me a little bit that he was signed to an entry-level contract but i'm trying to find him in the thing why can't i find him in the list oh yeah grant Mismash. we have to talk about him too so yeah, there was another player that the Lightning signed prior to free agency, and it's Grant Mishmash, and that is one of the best names I have ever heard in hockey. He's previously played with the Milwaukee Admirals in the AHL, 57 games, 12 points, 6-6. Six and six. Um, Again, great name. I'm sure the player will be fine. You can't... I, I, nicknames will be forthcoming. He is 23 years old. And, yeah, so he is also someone that the Lightning signed prior to free agency that I just totally forgot to mention. Okay, sorry, everyone. I was organized, and then, I don't know, life happened, and I can't find Robert's age anywhere. Okay, sorry, y'all just went on a little adventure of what it's like to live in my head. I just clicked on the news release from the Lightning, and, and there it was. So he's 22, So he is young enough that he can still sign two years of an entry-level contract to come on over to the Lightning. So that is what they did. They signed him to a two-year ELC. The past season, he was with Wilkes-Barre Scranton of the AHL. He scored 16 goals, had 34 points, and had a plus-19 rating, which led the Penguins in plus-minus. He was tied for third on the Penguins in goals and fifth for scoring. He had a couple of playoff points great. In total, he has had 90 career AHL games over two seasons with Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. So, I mean, he he has experience, which is great. He was undrafted. Uh, he's another guy out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, you know, the Lightning seems to have a canny knack of finding those guys and turning them into something. Overall, from what I've seen, this was received relatively positively from those I follow on Twitter. Our old friend Patrick Williams, who is not actually old, just a friend, but he's been a friend for a while now, so that's why I called him old. Sorry, Patrick, uh, you're not old. I'm. <laughs> oh my God, I am so sorry, everybody. It's been a weird couple of weeks for me, and you're getting the full brunt right now, and I'm sorry. So, anyways, our friend. Who has been a friend of ours for a long time, Patrick Williams said that he broke out this past season with Wilkesbury with those totals that he had. And my friend Dave, over dps two zero zero two is his Twitter handle. He covers the Penguins. And his response to all of this was a sad emoji. And then to let me know personally that if this player gets to Syracuse, he'll be a credit to your team. And Dave is someone I absolutely trust. I think that he has a great hockey eye, and I completely believe him. So this is a good signing for Syracuse. Definitely. 100%. Uh, I just wish I had more to talk about because that's it. So, this is weird. I mean, you figure last summer, at this point in the day, we had Gabriel Dumont, Andre Schuster, Charles Houdon, Rami Alley, Darren Radish, Max Legacy, all locked down. Freddie Clayson had been locked down a week or two earlier, and I feel like there were a couple other, like, random AHL deals somewhere in there, too. So, last summer... Syracuse was declared one of the winners of free agency in the AHL. This summer, I'm pretty sure Syracuse is one of the losers. And and by that, I don't necessarily mean like loser, but I just mean everyone else. There were some big names going around today. Free agency, especially, there were a lot of cap casualties that teams just ended up having to cut a lot of players. So there were some big names going around today. And Syracuse didn't get any of them. So it's a little weird sitting here talking to you all right now because I don't have a whole lot to say. Now, what I will say is that I echo the 61.5% of you who have voted in my newest poll so far on my Twitter about what happened today, that you expect more is to come from the Lightning signing some depth for Syracuse. And I would agree with that. I think that Syracuse absolutely 100% needs more depth on the blue line. Uh, currently the oldest player on Syracuse's blue line is Darren Radish, who is 26. The next player down is Sean Day, who is 24. And then I believe there's one other 24 year old, uh, (laughs) uh, Nick Perbix. Yes. He's the other 24 year old. The average age of Syracuse's blue line right now is 22. That is young for the American hockey league. I mean, to be fair, the average age of Syracuse's forwards is also 22, and that includes Daniel Walcott at 28, Jamel Smith at 28, and uh, why isn't Gabriel Dumont listed there? Where is he? He's got it. Oh, because he's an AHL-only contract now, so he's not going to show up on cap-friendly. Oh, my God, that's annoying. Okay, again, anyway, sorry, that was a trip into my brain again. um, Dumont's in his 30s. I think he's thirty two at this point. If I remember I was talking about him when he was thirty one, I think he's thirty two. But anyways, he's in his thirties, just like me. So the crunch is young <laughs> and um there's a lot of talent. But it's 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 still pretty raw talent. And Dumont and, and Radish can't do this all on their own. I suppose I should include the twenty nine year old legacy in that leadership group too, but as a goalie, it's it's hard to be involved too much with the rest of the team on the ice as far as that leadership example goes. So like Syracuse is looking real young right now and the talent pool is looking a little thin. So I also don't blame the 30.8% of you who have voted in this poll who have admitted that you're nervous about this. I agree with you. Now, granted at this point in time, Before free agency even started, Syracuse had their captain locked down. Gabriel Dumont was signed, two years, AHL only contract. Good to go. Goaltending was shored up, totally set, good to go. Syracuse's needs going into this free agency were not as high as perhaps they were last summer or in other summers. I get that. However, uh, young teams often struggle. And I will say that it was looking at the start of this summer like Coach Ben Grew was going to be getting a new job, but that has all pretty much died down at this point in time. Even the Lightning didn't want him as an assistant coach. They hired Detroit's old coach. To go work with John Cooper. So, I mean, you know, it could be that Syracuse is still going to have their head coach. And Gru has always done really well with younger teams. He gets a lot out of them. He snaps those junior players out of bad habits really quickly. I can't say enough about the work that he has done with the young guys in the organization. But this is a lot to put on his shoulders, especially if he's a little disappointed in the fact that he's still in the American Hockey League. I'm not going to put words in his mouth. I'm not going to put feelings in his heart, but I'm just saying, you know, that's asking a lot of any coach and especially one who's probably feeling a little frustrated. So I am... Feeling as though the Lightning is not done signing Depth. For all I know, I'm going to end this podcast and get it posted, and then someone else is going to be signed. I tried to wait as late as possible, but there's only so much, you know, I can do to wait when I have to get this out and get it done and get an article written about it. So, you know, we'll we'll see where this goes. I have some reservations. I am foreseeing a little bit of an uphill battle for this team to start off the 2022-23 season. But then again, that, I mean, that could be any season under Ben Groove. Let's be honest. It's that old, famous, takes a while for this team to gel and buy in and all that kind of crap. It happens. So, like, that might have been the way it was anyways. It'll be interesting to see where this goes. My one huge disappointment, side note, on the day is that Chase Prisky was available. Defenseman Chase Prisky was available and Buffalo signed him instead. So now Rochester gets to have him on their team, and I just get to sit in my Crunch Chase Prisky jersey from the one time that he played in Syracuse because of a weird dual affiliation due to the pandemic from hell and think about what could have been. So that is my big disappointment of the day, especially considering he's a freaking defenseman. Whatever, Lightning, whatever. I'm sure you have a plan because you always do. But the, this is one of those times where I really wish that I had the inside track to that plan. I think that will do it for this week's episode, so I want to thank you all so much for listening. I'm Alex Ackerman. I'm the host and creator of this podcast, and my social media is always open to anybody who wants to come follow me or wants to give any kind of feedback or ask questions. My personal Twitter is at alovimo, A-L-L-O-V-I-M-O, and my hockey handle is over at sinbincrunch. Crunch. I would also like to thank Kevin McLeod and Purple Planet Music for the royalty-free tracks that were heard throughout this podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week or two until I see you again. Take care of each other out there in Crunchland, and I'll talk to you soon.